I'm going to start off with a prayer, men. A prayer for strength and protection. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you know that we are set in the midst of so many great dangers. That by reason of the frailty of our nature, we cannot always stand upright. Grant us such strength and protection to support us in all danger and carry us through all temptations through your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome to Bravehearts 2024. You know, gosh, Curtis, yesterday after hearing that wind, 56-mile-an-hour gust, I had to do a little scripture search, and there is multiple scripture that references the Holy Spirit or God being the wind. No shape, but you know it's there. You know it's there. So <clears throat> I truly hope what I have to share this morning and the timing of it to me was just a little bit ironic. I almost missed my turn thinking about coming up here. To, that I'm going to share a little bit of what I experienced in 2023. And my sincere hope and prayer is that it helps somebody reflect what you may or may not be experiencing in 2024. So I'll get started. In June... In most of July, I'd been struggling with feeling somewhat overwhelmed and a little helpless. Not hopeless, but not knowing how I was going to walk through some challenges I was faced with. Just a little background, when my wife and I bought our home nearly nine years ago, we talked about being in a small group from church and hopefully one day opening our homes to serve others for Christ. Approaching probably nearly two years ago, a friend of mine invited me to a a life group at Audie's house, and that started with an invitation. Eloise made a statement about life groups that I'd rather be told no than to have someone say they'd never been invited. So keep that in mind. Christy, my wife, and I talked about being active in small groups for years. We just hadn't pursued it or the time wasn't right. So we accepted the invitation from Matt and started attending we knew several couples there, and we met some friends, and I really enjoyed it and looked forward to it. Some months later, we became members of Harvest Connection. That invitation from an invitation to a life group. We're excited to someday host a life group, and currently co-leading a group with Matt and Gina Cravey at Audie's house and Kim's house. And I wrote this down. I can't remember where I found it. I wish I did, but it says, "If we pursue God, He provides a way for our desires to become real." And I wrote this talk, it was, I was inspired, and I'll mention that here in a minute, but some time ago, it was back in August, actually, I'll continue. After listening to Eloise, the excitement back in August, starting life groups back up, and Curtis's teachings on God's government and missions, and Bill DeBose gave a talk at Bravehearts about moral excellence and how God lays out steps for us to follow and to pursue being in his presence. And I'd really been struggling with that. And God started putting several topics on my heart. I initially wanted to call this lesson feeling overwhelmed and helpless. But that really doesn't sound like a faith-filled position for someone that claims to be a Christian. So after I crawled out of my mental funk to a place of a 
somewhat of an overcomer. This talk is now called God Protects, God Provides, and God Promises. That sounds more like a Christian talk rather than a whiner's talk. One heard Miles Sweeney mention that at the men's conference. So a verse that comes to mind is Revelations 12, 11. And it says, they overcame him, meaning Satan, by the blood of the lamb, meaning Jesus, by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives to the death. I could now, through time, have named this talk, Is Your Faith Being Tested? And Are You Seeing Answered Prayers? So I'm going to start with a little math. So how many of you have heard of an acre foot of water? So what does that look like? Well, I wasn't really sure. But that's basically an acre, one foot of water. Well, that's approximately 300,000 gallons. Bill, did you know that? So what does 2 million gallons of water look like? or maybe 24 million gallons of water. Well, brothers, today, I have a pretty good idea. Got some audio, visuals, all the volume. <clears throat> then a couple of quick pictures. If I told you my house wasn't in the flood zone, your eyes might not believe what your ears are hearing. Made the national and local news. Had some damage. Washed out a road in an HOA, which we got to pay for. Had a landslide reason country clubs closed. Have a friend with a backhoe. Now I'm building a wall. Berm and a barrier. And I made some seats out of a fallen tree. 55,000 pounds of concrete makes me feel better. <laughs> well, thank God our house suffered no damage. It's built on a rock. As I was feeling overwhelmed and walking around in knee-deep water, wondering what's this going to cost, so that water got within two inches under the windows on the north side of our house. So I thought, well, there's, you know, brick. It's going to go through the brick. It's going to get an insulation. It's going to get the sheetrock. We're in the floors. That's where my mind was. But my wife, she reached out to her life group. She said, hey, would y'all pray for us that our house isn't damaged? So you can tell who has the stronger faith at our house. And I've got a note here. You know, when you wrestle with your faith, and in Genesis 32, it talks about Jacob, and he was wrestling. And I don't know all the details of that scripture, but some believe he wrestled until his hip was dislocated. So, I mean, that's pretty intense. I'm not going to wrestle anybody in here for more than a minute. But my first point is God protects. Some of the top protection verses in the Bible, and i got a lot of scripture to go through. I really admire Curtis and Bill and Josh, how they take one scripture and talk on it for 30 minutes. That's not my skill set. i got 30 verses or more to throw at you. But Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. 
This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Second Thessalonians 3, 3, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Deuteronomy 31, 6, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalms 32.7, You're in a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Psalms 34.7, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Well, as you saw, along with the water came down trees, rocks, damaged road, and our HOA that was valued at $7,000. And if you live in an HOA, some of you may, may not. You, where I live is North Canyon. It's about three blocks. You, uh, the individuals help the community, and the community may or may not help the individuals. That's a whole other story. There's a little imbalance there, in my opinion. But The road did cost 19 of a $7,000 piece. The new concrete barriers and berm was about five, and the retaining wall that I had planned that's now completed nearly just needs a little paint and a couple of boards and a little stain was about 7000 Then we had a trip planned in October. There was going to be some expense associated with that, and all of a sudden, I was feeling a little overwhelmed at some of the financial demands that were coming at me. I didn't have a, or don't have a, can of co- a coffee can of money in the backyard like some of my friends may. <clears throat> so for about six to eight weeks, I was pretty unpleasant to live with. I told my wife, I said, we can't afford to live here anymore. That wasn't a good thing to say. And it created a lot of unrest and insecurity. We started looking at houses, and she was talking about selling things. And I thought, well, okay, I can sell this toy and a couple of guns, and I was trying to figure out my way to work through this. And really what I was dealing with was part of a poverty spirit. And I didn't know that until the men's conference later. There was multiple points. There was about five points. If you heard Miles Sweeney at the men's conference talk about poverty spirit, he stepped on my toes real hard on about three of them. Then I had a neighbor become really growly at me, and I was thinking, God, that's your second command. And what our life group mission statement is is Mark 12, 30 through 31. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And as I mentioned, life group's statement, and I thought, well, I don't want to be that guy. I had to do a self-check, and at the end of the day, I, I didn't do anything to offend him. So I thought, well, if he wants to be mad at me, I don't like it, but that's okay, because what I'm trying to do is really get better for him. I, mean, I was the president of HOA, but I'm no longer because of that. Okay, I don't need a title to try to protect my property or others' property. But So after some biblical counseling from friends and then my efforts or directly or indirectly helping a neighbor, a friend of mine told me, he says, well, you're really being a better neighbor than he thinks you are.
So as I mentioned earlier, I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed and helpless, and I'm in a mental place that goes against what I believe or how I try to live. So I prayed, and I said, God, you're in control. I don't know what I need to do or how I'm going to get through some of these financial demands, but you do, so I'm going to trust in you and watch you work me out of this situation. And I hope you punish the sinners that sent all the water to my house. So one night at 2 or 3 in the morning, I couldn't sleep. So I was on the iPad looking up Scripture and praying, and I spend more time looking up Scripture on the iPad now than I do in the Bible, but I guess that's okay. I'm a little bit techy as a third old guy. And I said, God, I'm not asking why, because I don't want to be that guy. Don't ask why. I said, I don't understand what you want me to learn through this. And he spoke to me after some months, and he said, I'm purifying you. Well, that's really not what I wanted to hear. (laughs) Uh, uh, But I thought, okay. Well, I have a hobby, and I compete some. And it's a hobby that you're going to lose 90% of the time or 95% of the time, as Buster knows. So the odds aren't against you. So why you do something like that just proves you're kind of hard-headed, I guess, or or determined. I don't know which one or both. Between June and August, I won enough money to pay for the 20-some thousand dollars worth of damage. So God provided, which leads me to my second point, is God provides. He takes care of our physical needs. God promises to provide what we need, Philippians 4, 19, Matthew 6, 31, 32. He created the universe and gives us food to every living thing, including you and me. The same God who provides food for the animals will not allow us to go without. And that's in Psalms 145, 15, 16, and Luke 12, 24, and 26. Not only does the Bible promise this, we see examples in Scripture as well. When Jesus was preaching, he fed the crowd of people that had not eaten. He multiplied five loaves of bread and two fish and fed more than 5,000. That's in Mark 6, 1 through 14. When Adam and Eve sinned and their eyes were opened to their nakedness, God provided clothes for them, Genesis 9, 3. Even when we mess up, God still provides. He gives us rest. God promises to give his people rest. Matthew 11, 29, 30, Psalms 23, 2. We experience this by placing our trust in Jesus. Rest comes from giving up control of our lives and following Jesus wherever his path may lead. Think about going on a long car trip. How different is the experience when you're the passenger still the driver? The passenger experiences rest, the driver does not. God not only promises rest, he commands it as well in Exodus 28 through 11. How comforting it is that our God provides the rest that he expects from us. Me wanting to sell our house was me giving up rather than possessing and owning what God had blessed us with. I'd be giving up on a dream of using that house as a host house. God provides direction. God guides us and directs our steps so we can fulfill his great purpose for, our, for us, Proverbs 20, 24. Many times we see his 
direction most clearly in hindsight. We think we know the best way to do something and lame in every bump along the way, but when we look back, we realize God has positioned us through those bumps to experience something far greater than we could have imagined. That's Ephesians 2.10. He gives us grace. We need to get through any situation in 2 Corinthians 9.8. God's grace, his undeserved favor, is what allows us to forgive someone who wrongs us, to put our spouse first, to serve our families, to forgive ourselves, to simply have enough strength to get through the day. God's grace cannot be earned. It's a gift he freely gives on our specific need. He shows us how to escape temptation. God always provides a way out when we face temptation in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Just as Jesus combated Satan's temptation in the desert, God promises to provide us with a way to defeat any temptation that comes our way. God knows we will face temptation and gives us the resources we need to overcome those trials, including his word and his spirit. When we are prepared, God promises he will always be able to we will always be able to escape the temptations the devil puts in our path. He helps us when we're hurting. God promises to help us when we're hurting. In Psalms 34, 17, 20, when life is hard, when the pain feels too much to bear, we don't need to hide from God. We can run to God. He's our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in times of trouble. Psalms 46, 1. He saves us. God provides a way for us to be in a relationship with him. John 14, 6. Once Adam and Eve had sinned, we were forever separated from God. However, he sent his only son to pay the penalty for our sin in John 3.16. Jesus paid the debt we could never work off. When we believe in Jesus, we were able to experience a personal relationship with God. We're no longer separated due to our sin in Romans 10.9. He gives us peace. God provides us with the ability to have peace in any situation in Philippians 4.7. Romans 5.1, he guards our hearts and minds and leads us into paths of righteousness, Psalms 23.3. He gives us confidence when we're uncertain and satisfies our longing souls, Philippians 1, Psalms 107.9. He points us to the truth in this day and age. It feels you cannot trust anyone. Lies and lies of omission are part of everyday life, but God gives us a way to know the truth. He gave us his word, the Bible. It's where we turn to know what's true and not what's not, what's of God and what's not. Second Timothy 3.16, Psalms 119.105. God promises to provide encouragement to meet our every need, no matter what our trial or test comes our way. We know that God has already provided for us both spiritually and physically. We can rest assured that when we walk through tough times, God is walking with us and providing for us all along the way. My third point is God promises. God's word is filled with promises from our creator to provide and deliver. The Bible is the ultimate source of truth, and God is faithful to fulfill all his promises. As you read these Bible verses about the promises of God, claim them over your life. Freedom from addiction, deliverance from sin and evil, financial provision, hope for lost and hurting family and friends, overcoming depression, recovering a marriage, good health, healing, being free from fear, anxiety, strength, and many more are the blessings and gifts that God promises to provide for those who believe in him. What can be said about God's promises to us? He promised to supply every need we have. 
But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. In Philippians 4, 19. Now notice God has obligated himself only to the extent of our needs. That would include food, clothing, shelter, companionship, love, and salvation through Jesus Christ. It would not include the luxuries that some of us have come to think as needs. God's promised that his grace is sufficient for us in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. In fact, he made provision for our salvation by his grace through faith in Ephesians 2, 8. It's through an obedient faith that we have access to the grace of God according to Romans 5, 2. God has promised that all his children not be overtaken with temptation. Instead, he assures that there's a way of escape will be provided. This promise is recorded in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Now unto him this is able to keep you from falling and present your faults faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. God has promised us victory over death. His first resur- he first resurrected Jesus by way of assuring our resurrection. Peter said, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses, Acts 2.32. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, For I delivered you unto first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Later on he adds, But thanks to God which giveth us the victory through our Jesus Christ. God has promised that all things work together for good for those who believe, Romans 8, 28. God has promised that those who believe in Jesus are baptized for the forgiveness of sins will be saved. Mark 16, 16, Acts 2, 38. God has promised his people eternal life. John 10, 27, 28. And in closing, let me appeal to you to live so that the promises of God will be yours. Could have gone on a whole other message, six ways God tests your faith. And do you have answered prayer? And I'm not going to go through all these. We'll save that for another day. But i got to tell you, the older I get, and Curtis referenced this as age, and his message Sunday, I've probably, I can't remember exactly. I've lost count. But from June to December, I've seen God answer 50 different prayers. Um, So I just want to challenge you men If you're going through something, don't ask why, but say, God, are you purifying me? Are you testing my faith? And I'm waiting to see your answered prayer. Thank you.